You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble host, Tim Tap, coming to you live from Stork Rome County, Tennessee. Although many of you will be either listening to the podcast or listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio. I am your humble host. I am also your mostly peaceful host, but there's a reason why I say mostly peaceful, uh, other than just mocking the left. Uh, I'm going to forego the Matt Fitzgibbons usual roll-in, just because there's a lot of stuff to get to today, and because I want to indulge myself a bit on the front end as well. You see, I got another email from YouTube today, and I was going to start off right there before we jump into all the many things that are going on, and there are a lot. This is an occasion where I wish I had a five-hour show, uh, which I guess technically I could do five hours for podcast purposes, but uh, well, you know, uh, reasons. Uh, at any rate, the uh, overlords over at YouTube have begun digging into past broadcasts of the show, and now they have officially given me my second strike, and I'm now serving a two-week suspension for the great and terrible sin of talking about topics that they have deemed to be misinformation. You see... Content that advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches change the outcome of the U.S. 2020 presidential election is not allowed on YouTube. So, talking about the possibility of uh, talking to someone who believes in that possibility, or just saying that some people do actually believe that there was some level of shenanigans, well, all of that is considered to be advancing those claims. My YouTube channel, at least for the show, well, it's going to be gone very soon. You see, I've discussed this particular topic many times since the election with different guests, and they've only looked at and warned me and disciplined me for three of them so far. I'm reasonably certain that they'll wait until this little timeout of mine is over, and then they'll flag the next one. They'll count that as the third and final strike, and I'll be done. I mentioned before, not really overly concerned about it, although I do feel bad for the folks who have subscribed to the channel, and that's where they actually listen to the show at as I have been incommunicado with them for much longer than the uh, one-week suspension that I had previous, because they refused to let me reconnect uh, the automatic distribution from uh, Spreaker uh, back to the channel. And that was essentially how the show was getting there anyway. 
So there's a lot of folks over there that have no idea, I would imagine, unless they go looking for the show somewhere else, I guess. Maybe when I'm allowed to post again for that two and a half milliseconds that they'll let me, maybe I'll put up some type of message for those folks. I, I hope they'll have time to see it and get it. I don't know. But, you see, the real question here, with the midterm elections looming and YouTube purging channels a lot like mine over there, uh, basically radio shows that are just uploading the podcast version after the broadcast. The question is, what exactly is it that they're afraid of? Why is it that they do not want those ideas? Why have they deemed the concept of potential shenanigans as being so dangerous? It's just too dangerous for public consumption on YouTube. Now, I can sit here and make the case for why uh, everything that is already up, I should all get counted for the single uh, warning. Because literally, they had given me the first initial warning with the most recent occasion of having that discussion. And somehow that one got flagged, and then they went back and started looking at others. And they're going to keep going, I have no doubt. And again, they'll take the channel down. But if you're going to institute something like this, a lot of these conversations that I had were actually up on the platform before, including the one that I just got flagged for, before they had instituted this as part of their uh, community guidelines. So again, it's expo facto. Honestly, I hadn't thought too much about it. And honestly, I don't care too much about YouTube in the first place as far as making the material available, or I would make a bigger deal about it, and I probably would have went back and tried to take down some of the stuff. But when you've got years of content, and I'm not sure how far back uh, the stuff goes over to YouTube, and how much of it is dis divided between my personal channel, where it was going initially, and then the show channel, when I finally realized, hey, you know what, I should probably separate these two and just start a separate channel. But... Uh, Here's, here's an idea. How about you not do the expo facto thing? Okay? Don't give me a warning for a violation of a community standard that wasn't a community standard at the time it was put in place. If you feel like, oh, well, it's still too dangerous a topic, and you want to remove it from the platform, fine. Send me an explanation letter. We removed this content because it is now in violation of our current policy, uh, you're not receiving uh, even an official warning because at the time that you put this content up, it was not part of the community standards. That would be fair. That would be reasonable. That would be an action of somebody that actually has just decided we don't want this topic on our platform, but we don't really want to penalize you. We do want to give you fair opportunity to not violate the community standards moving forward. And then give a warning for the shows that violated the community standard once it was in place. Not that they did the greatest of jobs of informing uh, folks that it was there. Said, okay, well, we're giving you a warning for this, and uh, this warning is going to cover everything you've done previous to this. But moving forward, then we'll start counting uh, for a additional 
violation of the policy. Now, that, again, that seems fair. That seems reasonable. Not that we can expect the YouTube overlords or even the Facebook overlords or the Twitter gods or, or any of these big-time techie social media companies to adhere to fairness and reasonableness, at least when it comes to, I don't know, let's say, conservative content makers. They don't consider there to be a whole lot of room in their little echo chambers for those that would challenge their thoughts and their ideas. And quite honestly, they have failed to meet the level of reasonable explanation why they deem these conversations to be too dangerous, too divisive. Because after all, the solution, the antidote, the cure for bad speech is more speech, meaning let's have the conversations. It is that, guys, uh, YouTube, if, if you're listening, is that what you're afraid of? More speech on the topic? Let the folks YouTube hear what I have to say and then decide for themselves. Is that too dangerous? And are you really concerned about risk to the public? Or are you just saying that basically you think most of your consumers are too stupid to think for themselves based on what they're hearing? Now, I'm not saying that, but it certainly seems like YouTube is saying that. At any rate, I'll probably just respond to this same little timeout uh, like I did last time. And I'll go have an Instuck beer, uh, great Icelandic uh, craft beer that I'm really digging at the moment. And then I'm just going to keep on talking, doing my best Dory impersonation. Uh, not Dory. Yeah, yeah, Dory. Dory, uh, the fish from Finding Nemo. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Just keep swimming. I'm just going to keep talking, y'all, because that's what I do. All right, let's take a quick look at some of the swirling topics before we go too far deeper into anything. And by the way, in case you're listening to the rebroadcasts on Terrestrial Radio, or if you're just a few days behind on your podcast consumption, time of the live broadcast just so happens to be August the 4th of 2022. Uh, got news earlier today that Alex Jones has been ordered to pay $4.1 million in the Sandy Hook defamation trial. It also looks like the January 6th committee is going to get Alex Jones's phone record. So Alex really uh, double dipping into the headlines today. Uh, Visa has officially suspended business with Pornhub ad services following the child porn case ruling. We have the Electric Route 66 Midwest governors are actually collaborating on a scenic road trip circuit designed specifically for electric cars. I mean, they're going to have the little recharging stations along the way. Isn't that great? We also have Massachusetts GOP governor signing a law that requires public colleges to provide access to abortion. Wow, that's a fantastic GOP right there. Uh, talk about a rhino. But then again, it is Massachusetts, so uh, they're a little far to the left up there. And so there you have it. Uh, ghost tracks, not, not tracks of actual ghosts, but uh, tracks of vehicles that they cannot quite identify, uh, have been found on the salt flats near an Air Force base in the Utah desert. 
The ex-governor of Puerto Rico has been arrested on bribery charges. No big surprise there. And, uh, well, Miss Brittany Griner ended up getting her official sentence today. And uh, Joe Biden had a reaction. And, yeah, much like you thought it was me. They're going to let that girl go and bring me my pudding, Vladimir. Something like that. Anyway, uh, Brittany Griner has been sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison. Uh, not a good time, and certainly not the outcome that most folks were hoping for, although the prosecutors were actually disappointed. Evidently, they were expecting to get nine and a half years, because, you know, that six-month period uh, makes all the difference in reforming a person. Uh, Griner convicted of deliberately smuggling vape cartridges with cannabis oil into Russia, acknowledged bringing the contraband into the country, so she actually did commit the crime, but said that it was an accident. Uh, following Reiner's sentencing, uh, Joe Biden released a statement, meaning that this was probably crafted by somebody else, and I doubt that Joe even knows it's out there. You know, he's been, uh, he's been quarantining, you know, this... Uh, rebound of the COVID. It, it jumped back out and got him. Evidently, at this point, Joe Biden has now been vaxxed so much that he is actually about 92% COVID virus or some nonsense like that. You know, it, it's funny that Joe actually seems to be doing better. His polls are ticking up slightly. Uh, Joe, just like Hillary before him, uh, seems to do a lot better when he's out of sight and out of mind. But anyway, uh, according to this, uh, this statement that was released, this announcement, uh, <clears throat> according now, today, American citizen Brittany Griner received a prison sentence that is one more reminder of what the world already knew. Russia is wrongfully detaining Brittany. It's unacceptable, and I call on Russia to release her immediately so she can be with her wife, loved one, friends, and teammates. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm moved and intimidated by this statement. So I'm surely to goodness the folks in Russia are immediately just going to slap Brittany on a, a plane and fly her back over here with a gift basket, uh, apologies, and a refreshed vape cartridges, to, to be sure. <sighs> Maria Bagdavolia, uh, which I'm pretty sure I totally uh, just butchered Maria's name there, uh, a lawyer on Griner's defense team, argued that Griner brought the cartridges to Russia by mistake and only used cannabis as medicine and only while in Arizona, where medical marijuana is legal. The Biden administration has previously tried to exchange the merchant of death, you know, the arms dealer, notorious, world-famous Victor Bult, uh, literally tried to exchange the merchant of death for Griner and American Paul Whelan. Evidently, no avail. Evidently, Russia is like, uh, actually, we're very happy you detain Merchant of Death, a major competitor for scariest dude in Russia. I, I don't know why they're not interested. Maybe he crossed the Kremlin a while back. But regardless, 
didn't seem like a very good trade. We talked about that the other day on air. It did not seem like a very good idea. Hey, we're going to trade you one internationally known arms dealer and terrorist in exchange for uh, an NBA basketball player and uh, another American you just happen to be holding. Uh, who, by all accounts, again, even by self-admission, Griner has committed the crime in which she's been charged with and found guilty of. The question is, is this a reasonable sentence? Is this an occasion where, under normal circumstances, she might have been let go with a warning if there wasn't such hostilities now as a result of the Russian invasion into the Ukraine and Biden doing everything to continue to keep that particular conflict going, uh, if you happen to be much like myself, primarily for the appearance of, I don't know, possibly just trying to continue the laundromat, uh, keeping it open. Hard to, hard to launder a lot of big-time cash without some excuse to be moving a lot of big-time cash from one point to another. And then, anyway, uh, just more crazy news going on today, and these aren't even the main topics that I want to talk about today, so hang on to your hats, boys and girls. Some other noteworthy headlines, that some of which you may have missed, some of them you may not have. Uh, we've got Gavin Newsom out there demanding that producers bring back the film industry to California, you know, instead of filming in states that oppose California values. I'm assuming he's talking about Georgia at this point. And basically, he said, it's time to choose. Well, you know, I think they did choose, Gavin, and they chose that as long as California is being run by Democrats, it's a heck of a lot cheaper to operate someplace like Georgia. We also have a case of a teacher who sexually assaulted her 13-year-old student over the course of a year, multiple times, and she's only getting 60 days in prison. Uh, that raised a lot of flags and crinkled uh, brows. And uh, the uh, the craziest part, though, uh, that 60-day in prison uh, penalty eh, is being postponed. She doesn't have to go do it right away because, surprise, surprise, the teacher just recently gave birth. Oh, just FYI, the student-slash-victim of the assault, uh, not, not the father. Uh, <laughs> evidently, uh, she's gets around. All right. Uh, now, let's actually jump into uh, one of the more important stories of the day that's going to get the, oh, uh, this is why we hate DeSantis treatment, and then they'll move on. See, the illustrious and honorable governor of the great state of Florida announced as of Thursday, that effective immediately, he is suspending liberal state, liberal state attorney Andrew Warren for refusing to uphold the state's laws. Now, uh, just a little spoiler to Andrew Warren. You would have thought he would have known this before, assuming that he was actually qualified to be state attorney. You're expected to uphold the state's law in that position. If you do not wish to perform that particular duty, then perhaps, and, and I'm just spiffballing here, perhaps you should not have accepted the job at all, or if the laws changed while you were in office to the point that you no longer wish to, 
maybe you should have resigned rather than just saying, ah, you know what, I'm going to pick and choose and decide for myself which laws are worth defending. Because that's not the kind of latitude you have in that position, sir. You know, I'm just, just saying. So anyway, uh, quoting here, state attorneys have a duty to prosecute crimes as defined in Florida law, not to pick and choose which laws to enforce based on their personal agenda. This, of course, is Ron DeSantis in this statement. Uh, continuing, back to quoting, it is my duty to hold Florida's elected officials to the highest standards for the people of Florida. I have the utmost trust that Judge Susan Lopez will lead the office through this transition and faithfully uphold the rule of law. In a release, the governor's office said that uh, he indeed has the authority to do so. Under Article 4, Section 7 of the Constitution of the State of Florida, and that he has appointed Susan Lopez to serve as state attorney for the period of suspension. Now, granted, looks like the previous state attorney can simply issue a statement to the governor, let him know, all right, you know what, I was wrong. I'm going to do the job now. Just put me back in the job. And uh, then he'll do it. But I don't think it's going to be that easy at this point. Something tells me. We'll see how long the suspension lasts. Uh, perhaps even becomes permanent. At any rate, Lopez, uh, the state attorney of the 13th Judicial Circuit, said that she has the utmost respect for our state laws and understands the important role that the state attorney plays in ensuring the safety of our community and the enforcement of our laws. Backed by numerous law enforcement and state officials, the governor argued in a Thursday press conference that Warren has repeatedly refused to enforce the state's laws. That does seem kind of important. Quoting here, DeSantis said in the press conference, the Constitution of Florida has vested the veto power in the governor, not the state attorneys. We are not going to allow this pathogen of ignoring the law to get a foothold in the state of Florida. DeSantis spokeswoman Christina Pushaw uh, had uh, kind of teased the announcement back on Wednesday evening warning that the announcement would spark, quote, the liberal media meltdown of the year, which, strangely enough, um, there's been some pushback, but I think that's probably going to prop up more over the next few days, build up momentum into the weekend, because I didn't see a whole lot of it today. But to be honest, didn't really check much liberal media. So maybe there's already a bill that I just hadn't spotted yet. Anyway, the uh, spokesperson also said, Progressive prosecutors, backed by George Soros, have refused to enforce laws across the country. They treat criminals with difference and victims with contempt. The dereliction of duty is why crime is surging. But Ron DeSantis won't stand for this. He just suspended the one in Florida. Now, this is kind of a big deal. 
DeSantis also made headlines today, and I'm not going to have time to get to it, uh, although I hate to. I'd love to give a, a double dip on this for him. But he also said that doctors that are performing transgender-affirming surgeries on teenagers deserve to be sued. And he's absolutely right. It's unclear exactly what the straw that broke the camel's back was in this instance, but DeSantis made it very clear. He's not putting up with it. He is the governor. He has certain authority granted to him through the state. He was duly elected, and he's going to do the job. And in this case, the job is merely holding those who work for the people of the state of Florida to do their job. doesn't seem that unreasonable to me. Now, maybe, maybe I'm biased. Maybe I'm just that age right before this major change in attitude in the average American took place, where suddenly uh, there are no expectations, where suddenly uh, you really are supposed to embrace the idea that if it feels good, do it, and, and that nobody has a right to tell you what to do or how to feel or how to think. Well, you know, some of that's actually true. Nobody has a right to tell you how to think. Somebody does have a right to hold you accountable when you step outside the confines of the establishment, uh, the construct that you happen to be in at the moment. If you're in a community where they expect you to behave in a certain way, you have a couple of options. You can leave the community or you can conform. That's it. It seems simple enough. Uh, let's say that there's a community that, strangely enough, wants you to follow traffic laws. You break enough traffic laws, you should expect that there will be some punishment dealt out to you. Let's say that, ooh, even weirder still, you're living in a state where the expectation is to actually protect youth, particularly minors, particularly young minors, from negative influences that are proven to be harmful and destabilizing for uh, the mental health of young uh, people. You know, just, just as a off-the-top-of-my-head example, not even sure where it came from, right? Because, you know, that's such an unreal thing. That's not going on anywhere in the country, right? Right, right. So here we are. This guy was ignoring his job, period. If you get put in a position where it is your job to utilize the judicial system to try and protect the public, and you're refusing to do any of it because you have some crazy idea that, well, you know, maybe we should try this because the other didn't work. Well, how do you define working? There is no deterrent that's going to be 100%. There is no course of action that's going to be 100%, but there is a clear and a measurable uh, effect of deterrence activation. If you have deterrence in place and you activate those deterrents when appropriate, it will affect the behavior of not all, but a significant number of people who would otherwise engage in the activity that you wish to deter. If you want to discourage people from breaking into cars and stealing things from them, uh, 
perhaps significant jail time, perhaps coupled with a fine, uh, perhaps even uh, prison instead of jail if you're caught violating these particular laws uh, at a certain set number of occasions. You know, determines, determines. You're, you're discouraging people from doing bad behavior. Now, Tim, what gives you the right to decide what's bad behavior? Well, I alone do not have that right. Kind listener, I don't. And I don't pretend to have it. But here's the thing. People kind of form communities based on mutual beliefs that certain behaviors are accepted and should be promoted. And then certain other behaviors are unacceptable and should be discouraged or even restricted to the point that it's not permitted at all. Now, how do you make sure that it doesn't happen? Again, there's still not a 100% uh, way of guaranteeing it's just not going to happen. But, you know what is a 100% guarantee that the behavior that is dangerous to the public will happen, will continue to get worse? When you have no real deterrence at all. This guy has been following the George Soros lefty fake DA blueprint from the beginning. And I really, really would like to know exactly what was the straw that uh, broke the camel's back in this one. Uh, I need to go back and listen to the entirety of the statement to see if maybe uh, Governor DeSantis actually made the statement. I would love to know. Clearly, there was more than one thing. Uh, looking at the clock, uh, clearly, I am at where I should be giving the mid-hour break. So, tell you what we're going to do, boys and girls. We're going to go ahead and do the mid-hour break. So, you guys, don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this brief message. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. Many Americans are continuing to leave high-tax states like New York and moving to lower-tax states like Florida and Ohio. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. As sovereign Americans stream out of California and all high-tax states, I find it alarming that the Biden administration and other extreme leftists like House Majority Leader Chucky Schumer are all proposing to raise taxes on wealthy, productive Americans, which is basically increasing the already high degree of punishment against those who succeed in society. Even more egregious is the Biden plot 
to slap a 3.8% income tax increase on the earnings of small businesses. Already at least 45% of small businesses have been shuttered due to the fake science-based lockdown during the Corona China virus scandemic. Some economists have predicted that up to 65% of small businesses may shut down unless there is a reversal of Biden's already enacted oppressive regulations and executive orders. If the Democrat socialist pigs have their way, Americans who want a better way may soon immigrate to less oppressive nations. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. I never found that trickled down on top of my head very much. I was listed. I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still had making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase. And to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just All right, I am back from that very brief break and still digging the new John Rich song. And uh, so very happy Doug made that liner and got a quick turnaround on it. Uh, otherwise, I'd just be playing parts of the song here and then probably get into some copyright issues. Uh, it's bad enough already uh, when you use so much for a liner, but it gets tricky after a while. All right, um, you know what? Uh, before we get back to the main topics at hand, I wanted to talk to you just a little bit about Start Engine. Now, I'm going to be putting a link in the show description. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you will be able to see said show description. Uh, that particular link will take you to Start Engine. Uh, it's a referral program there. And the idea here is that if you own a business and you are already feeling the pinch of the economic burdens that Joe Biden's horrific policies have thrown down upon you, and you're in desperate need to be able to expand, uh, you need the cash flow for growing your business further, even in these challenging times, uh, it's entirely possible that a crowdfunding uh, type of situation may be the way to go. So what I'm going to ask you to do is follow that link that is going to be in the show description and, uh, you know, give uh, Start Engine a, a serious look. 
check out exactly what's going on over there and see if maybe they can't help you. Uh, lots of startup companies and existing companies that have been around for a while that are looking to expand and become bigger are getting lots of traction over there. Uh, Start Engine, of course, is uh, one of the primary uh, people running the show over there is Kevin O'Leary. Uh, you probably know him better as Mr. Wonderful from Shark Tank. Um, yeah, so obviously, definitely has the business acrimony there. He's running the platform. They've got the situation set up. And you know what? I'm not trying to give you the hard sell on it. I'm just saying that if you have a business and you desperately need to increase your cash flow, uh, startups uh, and uh these crowdfunding sites are a great way to find investors that are not necessarily going to be the kind of folks that are going to show up and try to take over your business. Uh, it's just something you need to go take a look at. Trust me, right now, businesses need every advantage that they can get. And, uh, you know, Start Engine may be a good example of an advantage that you can take advantage of. So let me highly recommend you follow that link now. If, for whatever reason, you happen to be somebody that's looking to invest as uh, an investor for some of these startups that are over there, then just go to startengine.com and see for yourself what's involved with becoming an investor. Uh, again, lots of great companies over there that are desperately needing uh, your help. And, uh, you know, just, just check it out. That's all I'm saying. All right, let's, let's get back to the show, shall we? Another important story that the mainstream media is going to try and squash that big tech platforms like YouTube is going to claim that you're spreading misinformation or disinformation if you talk about it. Uh, well, yeah, it's kind of important, though, so let's get into it. You see, during a congressional hearing examining the origins of the coronavirus pandemic, and gain-of-function research, multiple scientist witnesses contradicted uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, the second greatest doctor of all time immediately behind Dr. Joe Biden. Uh, they contradicted Anthony Fauci's claim that the National Institutes of Health never funded gain-of-function research. Now, if you're like me and you've been paying attention to the story for a while, I'm guessing this is not exactly a shock to you. We've already talked about it here. The information has been leaked and we've discussed the fact that they were really still arguing semantics. Again, trick of the left. If they can't win the argument uh, on its merits, then you go to controlling the language to control the argument. And that's kind of what they did over at the NIH because they literally just redefined what gain of function was according to them. Despite the fact that clearly gain of function research in layman's terms, whatever definition, you, other definition you want to use, is just this simple. You're studying a virus or a bacterial growth that can be infectious and you make it do something that it couldn't do before. That's it. That's gain of function. You're giving it a new ability. You're teaching a, an old dog a new trick, only evidently when it comes to a microbiological, biological threats, 
uh, it very easily can happen as opposed to the actual old dog not wanting to learn them. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, quoting here, Reuters University microbiologist Dr. Richard Ebright said, quote, well, the statements made on repeated occasions to the public, to the press, and to policymakers by the NIAID director, Dr. Fauci, have been untruthful. I do not understand why those statements are being made, because they are demonstrably false. Now, for those of you who may be of the slightly leftist persuasion that's accidentally came across the program, demonstrably means easily provable. They can demonstrate that it's false. Demonstrably. Demonstratable. Not, there are demons. Although, in a case like this, there may very well be demons involved, too. That's definitely a different story. Now, uh, the good doctor in this case was responding to Senator Josh Hawley. Uh, Senator Rand Paul said on Wednesday afternoon that this contradiction, backed by the other witnesses, was the most damning thing to come out of Wednesday's hearing. The first hearing examined the role of gain-of-function research, again, a process in which researchers uh, may stitch viruses together to make a, a chimeric virus for the purpose of studying the response. Now, a, a chimera in this instance means it's a combination of things that aren't normally combined. Uh, a chimera in mythology is a, a lion-headed, dragon-bodied creature. It's something along those lines. You, you get the picture, right? Just in case somebody didn't know. Now, I know most of the folks listening on a regular basis, I don't have to explain it. But it has been made painfully clear from some of my interactions on social media that there are a lot of new listeners to the show, and some of you are a bit younger, and, and glad to have you here. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And hopefully we're getting a little better together. Okay, I, I like interacting with you guys, by the way. It, it, it has been fun for me, and uh, I encourage you to keep it up, and keep sharing the show with more of your friends, too. Uh, and while we're talking about it, go over and join the Tap Into the Truth Locals community, because guess what, guys? Um, still not growing over there. Uh, come on over and join the community. You can be part of the community for free. You do not have to uh, make any type of financial contributions. Now, if you want to, you can, and I would be most appreciative. But but uh, just joining the community is free. Come on over. It's a great social media platform. Anyway, back to quoting I was told directly to my face, and the quote is there from Dr. Fauci, they had never, ever funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan. Now, this, of course, is exactly what Dr. Fauci said. And in fact, if you'll remember the quote exactly, uh, previous to that statement, he said uh, that uh, he does not think that Rand Paul knows what he's talking about. Remember, Paul is actually a medical physician. He does have some pretty good ideas of how viruses work and is 
kind of familiar with what gain-of-function research is, although it's not his specific field. Uh, things got kind of heated between Paul and Fauci there a couple of times, so this is major vindication for Paul, even though uh, those of us with eyes to see and a brain to think already knew that Rand was correct with this, that Fauci had been, uh, let's diplomatically say, he'd been... Uh, less than sincere? Is that diplomatic enough? Would that appease the gods of YouTube? Uh, how about we just say we knew he was lying? Flat out, point blank. He's lying. And uh, most likely to cover his own backside because he knows he's not supposed to be sending U.S. taxpayer monies in the form of grants to perform gain-of-function research. Even Barack Hussein Abu Akbar Obama had said, hey guys, that's kind of dangerous over here. So, you know, maybe we shouldn't do it. Certainly shouldn't do it here. And maybe, maybe we shouldn't be spending money on it at all. Uh, there's lots of other places that we Democrats can waste the money on. Anyway. Paul, of course, when he said this, he was referring to Fauci's May of 2021 assertion that the NIH has never and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Biology. All three witnesses contradicted uh, Fauci's testimony. And this is still Rand Paul uh, speaking. I think that's a big deal because the first hearing we have had were scientists who actually look at the information and as informed as he is, completely disagree with him and say that the research was, in fact, gain of function and that the NIH paid for it. Ooh, spooky. The witness at Wednesday's hearing called for significantly greater oversight of gain of function research. And Dr. Stephen Quay the founder of the Seattle-based Atossa Therapeutics Incorporated, and I hope I pronounced Atossa correctly, Atossa, Atossa, tomato, tomato, still, um, sorry if I messed that up. Uh, anyway, uh, the, the good doctor warned that the, quote, the work of this committee is critical to protecting the American people and really the world at large from future man-made pandemics. Paul, of course, has previously called for Fauci to resign from his position for refusing to admit that the agency funded such risky research. Uh, quoting here, until you accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere close to trying to prevent another lab leak of the dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Okay, um, so what's the big takeaway here? A lot of stuff we already knew, but it's still good to hear scientists that actually work in the field and who have operational knowledge of how these uh, grant programs had been working and knew what was happening. In fact, one of them was part of the big... Uh, less circled wagons meeting they had right out the gate as soon as the lab leak theory started circulating. 
I'd like to point out to the overlords at YouTube, even though they already know this, I'll point it out anyway, today's misinformation, it seems like at least over the course of the last eight years or so, has been six months from now recognized fact even by the left. It's been very tough for them to continue to cover their tracks, but they keep treating this like it's some big secret. They keep treating it like, oh no, you can't know this is happening. Now, Fauci has already announced that he'll be leaving his position uh, roughly about the same time he expects Joe Biden to leave office. So I guess he's hoping that whoever comes next will leave him be in his retirement. It's a plan that seems to work for the left pretty well. Uh, used to be pretty much something that worked for both sides pretty well until this most recent administration where uh, the Democrats just don't want to leave it alone because they're still scared to death that the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist may come back to be their boogeyman uh, once again. They're scared to death of him. Some of these folks probably ought to be, not because he's some big, scary uh, election denier or insurrectionist, but because he loves just draining the swamp. And most of these folks are swamp creatures, and, you know, they, they couldn't survive if they had to go back to lung breathing. They, they've developed their gills. They, they need the marsh and all the free cash that comes with it. It's a pretty big deal, though, because uh, we really are seeing this being acknowledged. Or, at the very least, if you're paying attention to conservative news outlets, if you're listening to this show, if you're listening to, to Ron Edwards, if you're listening to Ann Ubellis over at Southern States Talk Radio, Don Smith over at the Don Smith Show, uh, if you're listening to Suzette over at Suzette Live, part of the Ideas Are Bulletproof Network, uh, Ken McClinton and everything over at the Exceptional Conservative Network. If you're listening to these folks, then you're going to know. You can't necessarily count on hearing it if you're watching Fox News or even One American News that was doing so well for a while, and now they're getting beat down because of lawsuits, and they're kind of having to take a different tack. The truth is a dangerous thing for these folks, and they're just going to try to bully us away from it. Fortunately, we do have some folks like Rand Paul that are going to stand up and continue to fight this particular fight. And I don't know how much of it is motivated based on him honestly thinking he's doing the right thing. And I don't mean to sound like I'm impugning his character. I don't know the man personally, so I can't say that it is or isn't. I only say that because clearly this has become personal for Paul, and uh, rightfully so. Anthony Fauci got caught red-handed and went into straight-on defensive mode and lashed out and called Rand Paul the liar, called Rand Paul ignorant, called Rand Paul a man who doesn't know what he's doing. He's not a trained biologist. You're not a virologist. You don't know about viruses. He's a freaking medical doctor who had been in practice for decades before running for office. Uh, he might know a little something about how to deal with a coronavirus, since that is also the same family of viruses that's responsible for the common cold. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm talking about 
what the true motivation for Paul to continue to fight this. <clears throat> Meanwhile, I probably need to take a look at my own motivation for wanting to continue this drumbeat here because, again, we were told for months that the lab leak theory is just dangerous disinformation. It is not allowed on uh, the social media uh, platforms. Uh, people were getting booted off Twitter for even suggesting, you know what? Wuhan virology lab is literally across the street from this wet market where we first saw this. Wonder if it's even possible there might be a connection. Oh no! Gotta stop that right there. You stop talking that crazy crap. We're not going to allow it. Really? Really? This is why you need to go over to Amazon right now and pick up a copy or 10 of uh, A.J. Rice's new book, The Woking Dead. By the way, at some point next week, I will be having AJ on the show, and we'll be talking about The Woking Dead and uh, why he's decided to finally step out of the shadows. Because AJ is somebody that's been a major player in the conservative movement in this country for a long time. He's got tendrils uh, that go as high up as Laura Ingram and as down into the grassroots levels of trying to promote conservative voices as me. <laughs> because AJ uh, runs a published, published publicity company. Blah, blah, blah. She kept trying to say publicist. And for some reason, it didn't want to come out. Uh, anyway, uh, does uh, publicity work, PR work for a lot of folks and has made a lot of connections uh, with big-time shows and even small-time podcasters and uh, then people that are uh, down as low as where I'm at. But AJ's coming on as he's doing the rounds and doing the book tour. Uh, going to be having conversations with a lot of other folks, too. We're going to get back to getting guests on a little more regularly. At least that is the hope. I know you guys get tired of just hearing me yammer all the time. Uh, right now, though, it's so much stuff going on, I don't have enough time to sit here and say everything I want to say about a topic. So, you know, we'll do what we can do. But this misinformation and disinformation thing, it just sticks in my crawl. And the fact that I literally have posted nothing in nearly two weeks after having a one-week suspension, a one-week timeout on YouTube, and to be hit up now for a show that's about a year old where I was doing a compare and contrast between the reactions to the riots uh, on January 6th and uh, the riots on the streets of Seattle and Portland and other uh, George Floyd related riots. And, and that evidently is Evidently, that is advancing the false narrative that mistakes and glitches and widespread fraud changed the outcome of the 2020 presidential election. Got to keep saying that because that's literally the quote. That is the violation of community standards because that's not allowed on YouTube. Now, there's been plenty of occasions where I've sat here and told you that 
I don't think there was widespread fraud. There didn't need to be widespread fraud. There was just a few select locations where they really needed to cheat just a little bit if they wanted to win. And there seems to have been ample, questionable occurrences that would indicate to some people that the possibility of some fraud occurred at a key location. And that there were several states that violated their state constitutions uh, and counted votes that under their actual legal election law requirements should have never been counted. Therefore, their election should not have been legally certified. And decertifying those results would have led to a different outcome. Now, I keep saying that because all that is true. There are plenty of reactions since then within these states, the, the major states that were in play, Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Wisconsin, uh, even in Arizona, where they're enacting new, stronger, stricter laws to make sure that we don't have a repeat of the craziness that we saw in 2020. Oh, because of the COVID, the Rona's going to get you if you vote in person. So we're going to do a bunch of stuff that's technically illegal, and we're going to pretend like it's okay. A lot of my comments in the time frame had more to do with being angry that these states allowed things that clearly were not legal in their states. That's not disinformation, or even say it changed the outcome of the election. But, you know, it's not really about what I actually said. It's about making sure that people on their platform don't get to hear what I'm saying. That's going to be it for the first hour, ladies and gentlemen. I've uh, got a reset for the fine folks that are listening on Terrestrial Radio. So if you're listening to the podcast, don't go anywhere. Hour number two start right after this. If you are listening on Terrestrial Radio, however, be sure to tune in again tomorrow at the same time to hear hour number two of tonight's broadcast. In the meanwhile, hey, Joe. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left 
Listening to tap into the truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president.
All right, everything is awesome. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, and I'm coming to you from beautiful, lovely, scenic, historic Roan County, Tennessee. It occurs to me that earlier, as I was resetting the hour, because Terrestrial Radio only gets five hours a week of me, they get two hours on Sunday, they get two hours on Tuesday, and then they get one hour on Thursday. Because what they do is they break it up into one-hour segments. So, on Sundays, they get hour number one for Monday, hour number two for Tuesday. Then hour number one from Tuesday's broadcast goes on Wednesday. And then Thursday, they play hour number two from Tuesday. Now, first hour today will be on Friday. So, what I should have said, instead of tune in tomorrow at the same time, is go find the podcast, because it'll be bonus material for you. And this is, in fact, bonus material for only those of you that are listening to the podcast, or are listening over at the digital platform, The Last Frequency. And you know what? I'm glad the Last Frequency folks get in on this bonus material. I really am. Uh, and Doug has a lot to do with that, too. The crazy Cajun uh, doing his thing, and I'm digging it. He's had a lot of bad weather down that way here recently, too. Uh, we had some rough weather here. Uh, it has been really bad down there, so uh, be sure to keep our good friend, the crazy Cajun, in uh, your mind. Going to be looking towards doing something uh, live again on Friday evenings, too, so... We'll, we'll see some more of that as we get closer to it. I spent a lot of time uh, back in the first hour whining about YouTube again. You see, it uh, wasn't that long ago. In fact, it's been less than a week since my first suspension was lifted. Less than a week. I got suspended because they said I was advancing misinformation about the 2020 election. They literally took a conversation that I had with Ron Edwards, and they said this was a bad, bad, uh, this was a bad thing, Tim, and uh, this is your warning. If it happens again, then it'll be a strike. And then, a couple of days after that, they went to a show that had actually been posted previous to that, where I'd had a conversation with Ken Crow. And they said, well, this, this is the same thing. So now you've got a strike in a one-week timeout. Now, maybe I have understand, a difficulty understanding chronological order, but... I always thought that if you give me the warning that if something happens again, that you couldn't actually punish me for something that had happened before. 
Oh, wait, wait, it gets better. Uh, assuming that you guys didn't hear hour number one, which I'm actually know that's silly because everybody who's listening to this right now, if you're still listening, uh, you did hear hour number one, unless you're listening on the last frequency and you just tuned in. If that's the case, then uh, then go find the podcast. <laughs> but uh, they gave me the one-week timeout. It was lifted just the other day, and here I am less than a week after that, and they went back nearly a year to find the broadcast. Not all riots are equal. That's the title of the broadcast. If you want to go back and look into the archives, which you can do if you're listening to the podcast. Got to go back about a year. And uh, as it turns out, that was one of the three-hour shows. And uh, you can listen and see if you hear anything that sounds like misinformation to you. In fact, I... Highly recommend you go back and check out all of these broadcasts that they have claimed I violated community standards that that I'm just producing content. Me, little old me, you know, I'm such a bomb thrower that I'm producing content that is too dangerous for consumption on their platform. That's me, the wild renegade, the crazy guy. I'm literally the uh <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy going around making up crazy stories. I, I'm the guy who's telling you all kinds of imaginary things. You just say that I'm part of a global conspiracy where they're turning turning the frogs gay, hiding out on the moon base. And now I've got to pay you more than $4 million because of the Sandy Hook lawsuit. <laughs> yeah, I think you know who I'm talking about by now. We talked about it back in the first hour. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it, it really doesn't bother me that much that YouTube is gunning for my channel because it's never been a big part of how I distribute the show anyway. Uh, and barely into double digits the number of subscribers there. I've never pushed or promoted it. You guys have heard me mention it a few times uh, over the years. But you've never heard me make a video. I've made a bigger push to try and get you to, to slide over to Locals.com and join the Tap Into the Truth community there than I've ever, over the years that I've had the channel up over there, uh, I've tried pushing YouTube. And part of it's because I'm not monetized there. I knew if I had tried to monetize that they would have been looking much closer at me much sooner. But quite honestly... For the longest time, I was starting to feel bad because uh, friends and other hosts that I'm familiar with, they've been uh, permanently banned a long time ago. And they're like, well, Tim, you really need to step up your game. Obviously, you're just not that effective over there. And part of it's because I was never trying to be. I was never really a video producer. In fact, I still I cringe at the idea of doing videos. But that is where the platforms are going now. And I've done a few specifically for Rumble and... And you can still find some stuff up over the YouTube channel while it's still there. And I highly recommend that you go visit while it's still there. But if you do, and if you go subscribe and you do stuff to uh, help push uh, the show up on the algorithm, you're just going to lead to the demise of the show that much uh, faster over there. Because uh, that's how that works. 
I was never that interested in it. But I do find myself still kind of miffed that here it is, they're trying to be thought police, and they're still claimed to just be a platform. Now, we're just a publisher. We're, we're not, we're, we're not the, uh, the publishers, we're not the editorial board, we're just a platform. That's, that's what they've claimed all along, and that's what Facebook claims, and Twitter, and, and all these other platforms, that LinkedIn, LinkedIn's gotten so bad. I still love being over on LinkedIn, because part of me feels like I'm kind of putting a thumb in their eye, that's part of why I still hang out on Twitter, and have engaged a little more, especially trying to help uh, share links to some of the uh, affiliate programs while I'm trying to to, to help support the show, which that, by the way, is getting a lot of clicks, but not a lot of conversions. And I know the, the percentages are often pretty low, but come on, guys. I've sold a few blue coolers, and that's really been about it. And a lot of interesting products. Let's, let's check some of that out, okay? <laughs> but uh, all that having been said, I do still find this kind of just sticking in my crawl because it, it it's just... Here they are, the all-powerful tech giant platform creator, and they have made money off of me. I mean, I get a small amount of plays I mean, compared to a lot of channels. I have a super tiny number of subscribers. And again, mostly because I've never really pushed it. It's just folks who have accidentally found the channel. But, you know, they're making money off of that channel because th there is enough clicks to justify they've made some money. And I've never claimed my part of it. I've never tried monetizing. But for them to act like, okay, well, we're just, if this happens again, and all they have to do, if they're going to go six months back, they're going to find another episode. They went all the way to a year back to, to get this uh, new one to give me the second two-week suspension. The two, the second strike, and it's just—it's absurd, and it keeps bringing me back to the question of what is it exactly they're afraid of. Uh, and we all know they're afraid that I might accidentally end up in the ear of one of the little mushbrain people that they're trying to control and manipulate. And worst case scenario. I might help them to at least engage in critical thought. Doesn't mean they're even going to agree with me. Doesn't mean they're going to say that, well, you know, that that could be... So they may still come up and say, well, absolutely. That is a, you're talking about a potential anomaly. That's probably still not enough to change the outcome. So you're not convincing me, Tim. But, you see, the danger isn't that I may or may not convince them to change their mind. The danger is that I may get them to start engaging in critical thought when it comes to the things that they're trying to promote to them. Could you imagine how few people would be on TikTok right now if everybody that uh, is a consumer of TikTok videos thought critically about the content that they were viewing? I mean, there's a reason why most of them are just going to watch entertainment stuff, right? It's, it's astounding, but... I do wonder, uh, of the folks that actually did subscribe, 
uh, how closely they actually have been trying to follow the show there. And if they just think, oh, well, this guy just finally caved in and gave up. Haven't bothered to try to come find me somewhere else. Haven't been able to post even messages. Up, so. and, and it does bother me to think that somebody that has been enjoying the show, has become a loyal follower, is now being denied, not because I'm not making new content, but because the content's just not being permitted on the platform. Because it's not that big of a deal in the modern age, if you really want to follow a show, uh, to follow them on different platforms. Uh, if you're a big fan of Ben Shapiro, sure, you can uh, check out Ben on Daily Wire Plus, or you can go to YouTube, or you can go to wherever you hear podcasts, like Stitcher, which is one of my favorite places to listen to podcasts. Uh, I don't know, just something about the platform I really, really like. Uh, of course, same things through over at TuneIn, or obviously Spotify, and uh, iHeartRadio, and you would think I would like iHeartRadio more because... Uh, they are majorly connected now to Spreaker, and Spreaker is, is the primary uh, syndicator of uh, the show. But, uh, you know, they were one of the first folks to actually start carrying the show. It was felt like, at the time, a really big deal to, to get iHeart to put the show up when they first started doing podcasts. It was pretty cool. Uh, big deal to get on Spotify there we are, uh, taking a look at some of these other platforms. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty big to get on AHA Radio. and uh, They have not uploaded a new episode of the show in a very long time. and the, They're still operational, but I never got a notification they weren't going to do new stuff. But you can still find the show. It's just very weird. Some of these folks, they struggle. And at the end of the day... What is the threat? What is it you're afraid of? All right, that's that's enough of me still doing that. That's the danger of me thinking about this being bonus material for you guys. You get a behind-the-scenes look. Let's actually talk about some politics, shall we? Because there's still some more important stories that, out there that I had wanted to get to. And so, yes, yeah, I ought to get to hear about that. Uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about is the disciplinary process of the FBI agents who mishandled the 2016 Crossfire Hurricane investigation. Well, that disciplinary process, it's slowed, uh, in air quotes there. While Special Counsel John Durham's investigation continues, uh, this according to the current FBI Director Christopher Wray. Ray was testifying in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee on Thursday. Uh, the director's testimony comes as the Bureau is again mired in controversy over recent whistleblower allegations that it had wrongly dismissed potentially incriminating evidence against Hunter Biden during the 2020 presidential election. I guess YouTube would probably think that's misinformation, too. I know, Twitter did at the time. Anyway, uh, whistleblowers also accused the Bureau of exaggerating the threat from domestic extremists. In fact, that's another story I was hoping to get to and may have not given myself enough time for rambling on about YouTube some more. Uh, 
Anyway, Senator Tom Tillis questioned the FBI director on the apparent lack of movement on disciplining staff involved with the seriously flawed investigation into the false claims of Trump's campaign's collusion with Russia. Uh, Quote, well, we've taken a whole slew of actions in response to the crossfire hurricane report. I think over 40 plus corrective measures and so forth. This, of course, Christopher Wray. The senator from North Carolina responded by saying, has anybody in the bureau been fired or disciplined? Response, there are a number of people who are currently in what we call the Office of Professional Responsibility, which is our disciplinary arm. You may wonder why has that not yielded its results yet, and that's because we are working closely with, cooperating closely with, and assisting the Durham investigation. And so that whole process, which is not unusual, has been sort of slowed down to make sure that it does not interfere with the Durham investigation. So did you catch that? He's basically trying to say that if we fired someone, it might make it harder for the Durham investigation to to continue. We would be interfering with their investigation, even though Durham has subpoena power and can uh, question now civilians, former FBI agents, just as easily as they can question current ones. Maybe even easier. Anyway, the Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz, Horowitz, enunciation being important, released the findings of his investigation into the origins of Crossfire Hurricane back in December of 2019, identifying at least 17 significant errors of omission in the former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page FISA applications and many additional errors in the Woods procedures. Now, for those of you that have been listening for a while, you know that we spent some significant time talking about those, at minimum, 17 significant errors. Anyway, after the release of the report, Ray, who became the FBI's director back in 2017, after the firing of his predecessor, James Comey, he pledged to prioritize institutional reform and accountability. We haven't seen much of that as of yet. In fact, it appears as though the deep state is still chugging right along in the FBI, and it's unclear how much of that is with Christopher Ray's blessing or despite his best efforts. Word has it that it's with his blessings, but Again, unsubstantiated reports are exactly that, and we should probably take that with a grain of salt. After the release of the report, we did get these promises. And, you know what, I was hopeful that Christopher Ray would step up and do the job. I haven't seen much indication that he's 
actually doing it. And we'll see. Moving forward, maybe something will show up. He did say, quote, we will review the performance and conduct of certain FBI employees who were referenced in the report's recommendations, including managers, supervisors, and senior officials at the time. The FBI will take appropriate disciplinary action where warranted. Uh, Ray wrote in a letter to the Inspector General, Senator Chuck Grassley, ranking member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, wrote Ray last month detailing whistleblower allegations. We talked about that fairly recently. Uh, saying that at least one person at the FBI ostensibly under review for mishandling Crossfire Hurricane investigation is indeed involved with further misconduct involving the Bureau's investigation into Hunter Biden. In August of 2020, FBI Supervisory Intelligence Analyst Brian Austin falsely assessed the damaging information that the Bureau had received on Biden as being fake, as having all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Now, Alton dismissed the verifiable and potentially damning reports on the Biden as being disinformation. Whistleblowers alleged, uh, according to Grassley, that this is the case. FBI headquarters used Austin's report to improperly discredit negative Hunter Biden information as disinformation and caused investigative activity to cease. The allegations provided to Senator Grassley's office appear to indicate that there was, in fact, a scheme in place. A conspiracy, if you will, uh, among certain FBI officials to undermine derogatory information connected to Hunter Biden by falsely suggesting that it was disinformation. How much disinformation do we have to see before we can acknowledge that uh, this disinformation might actually be real information? How far do we have to go? I don't know. All right, I got two more subjects I'd like to get to, so I'm going to go ahead and do the mid-hour break right now, and then we'll try to break it up and, you know, do the whole shebang. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be back right after this very brief break. Come on, man. All men and women created by gold. You know the you know the thing. Lime dog face pony soldier. I got hairy legs. The tragedy that is New York City is a reflection of the horrendous moral depravity that is the United States today. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the original opening brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The Founding Fathers warned sovereign Americans long ago that in order for the United States to remain free, she must recognize and maintain the goal of high moral standards. They never stated we must be perfect because that's impossible. 
but simply pass good moral standards down to each succeeding generation, along with ongoing courses on liberty, which is freedom with responsibility. Unfortunately, neither liberty nor high moral standards have been taught or encouraged, especially in recent months. For example, in New York City, in many subway cars, there are numerous mostly black females twerking their bare bottoms and engaging in other adult activities. A 16-year-old thug outdueled and choked a police officer and was released from custody hours later. The United States is currently imploding upon its bloated, fat, immoral self and is becoming a self-imposed cesspool of filthy cities, open borders, freedom for criminals, and misery for law-abiding sovereign Americans. Wake up, America. It really doesn't have to be this way. I'm Ron Edwards. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the, foot, foot, excuse me, in the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping, traveling with him. I actually traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acidic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. I'm Joe Biden's husband. Thank you. Thank you, George. Just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago. keep forgetting I'm president. Is it wrong that every time uh, <laughs> every time Doug uh, closes out a liner with Biden saying, I keep forgetting I'm president, that I just instinctively want to say, man, oh man, I wish I could forget you were currently installed as the leader of the regime. Uh, I know I was at a bunch of times. It just it just wants to come out. I can't help myself. All right. Before we uh, jump back into things, uh, there's a little motif on the uh, services that I want to talk to you about. Back in the first hour, I was recommending you follow a link to, uh, yeah, if you're a business owner and you're looking to try to find cash to expand your business, perhaps you're a startup company, uh, and I wanted you to, to go visit Start Engine and see if maybe the crowdfunding now way to get a little bit of uh, extra fundage if the current banking situation is out of your reach. That might not be a bad, uh, bad way to go. Well, in this hour, I would like to remind you that if you own a business, maybe you should be seeking the legal protection and the tax benefits that come from becoming incorporated. And uh, if that's the case, you probably ought to take a look at Inc. 
Inc. Authority. Yeah, that's the name of the company. Here I am going to talk about them, and I'm going to get it wrong. Sorry about that. Uh, Inc. Authority has been uh, offering up assistance to businesses to incorporate their business for a very long time now. Uh, they offer all kinds of great assistance at great prices. In fact, a lot of the services they offer you if you're if that business are free. The only thing you'll pay are the fees involved with incorporating in the state that you're incorporating in. Uh, so well worth your effort. Uh, there'll be a link in the show description. And if you happen to be somehow listening in a format where you can't see the show description, I would imagine listening at the last frequency right now would probably be about the only way that's going to happen. Uh, then you can come visit me at uh, my website, Tap Into The Truth. That's T-A-P-P, Into The Truth, all one word. Now, Tap Into The Truth, all one word, dot com. Uh, there, you're going to land on a homepage. You're going to see recent guests. You scroll past the recent guests, and then, You'll start seeing banners and buttons. You can click on a banner for uh, Ink Authority and uh, go see for yourself. By doing that or following the link if you're listening to the podcast, that's how they know I sent you. All right. And it's important that they know I sent you if you want to help support the show. Because even if you don't make a purchase, if these companies get a lot of clicks coming from me, they're at least going to know that the audience is strong and active. And there's a really good chance that maybe when they decide to start looking at sponsorships, maybe I can cash in that way. So you guys don't even have to necessarily be making a lot of purchases. But Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping these companies and these services that are being offered are something that's actually going to help you. If it does, great. And in fact, if it does, please reach out and let me know because I would love to be able to share with the, the general audience that, hey, guess what? Uh, here's somebody, and I wouldn't necessarily share your name unless you said it was okay, but here's somebody that actually went over there and, uh, you know, this is how it helped. I think that would be great. I would love to be able to tell some success stories that I helped to be uh, just a go-between, that I played a small part in your success. That would make me feel really good, actually. It really would. All right, two stories that I wanted to get to. I think I can probably sneak them both in. Uh, first and foremost, a uh, headline here, definitely one you're not going to see just anywhere. Uh, leftists actually dominate the FBI's top 10 domestic terror list. You know, despite the fact that we kept being warned about how dangerous the far right is in the country, a lot of the folks that are on this list are in fact associated with leftist groups that bombed the Capitol in 1983. Uh, Democrats pardoned or commuted the sentences of non-fugitives tied to the group. I think we might be talking about the Weather Underground, but hey. Let's take a look at the story. We were talking about Christopher Ray and the fact that there doesn't seem to be a lot of punishment being dealt out for not only intentionally tanking investigations, but possibly engaging in illegal activity. Now the FBI has sounded the alarm about white supremacists and far-right extremists. But as it turns out, the Bureau's own top 10 most wanted domestic terrorist list well, and it includes at least two communists, three black nationalists, one anti-war activist, and a vegan eco-terrorist. Yep, sounds like a bunch of white 
right-wing white supremacist to me. While the diverse roster, and it really is a diversity of the finest, right? While the diverse roster doesn't purport to capture the, the breath of domestic terror, it does seem at odds with federal law enforcement's claims that it is indeed white supremacists who pose the biggest threat facing the nation. Some skeptics are accusing the Bureau of exaggerating that threat by adopting a misleading definition of such ideologies. What? Redefining things? Is that something the left can do? This is definitely not a recession. I'm just throwing it out there. Quoting Merrick Garland from just last year, uh, you may know him as such great hits as the Supreme Court's Supreme Court Justice, who will never be, or even uh, its current title as Attorney General. Anyway, he said, quote, In the FBI's view, the top domestic violence extremist threat comes from radically or ethnically motivated violent extremists, especially those who advocated for the supremacy, for the superiority, of the white race. Really, that's the big threat. I don't know. I mean, I know that was what I responded then when he said it. I, and here I am. I'm, I'm reading it out loud again, and it's all like, really? This, this, this is the threat? Anyway, a top Department of Justice official doubled down on the claim during a congressional hearing just last week. Uh, Representative Jim Jordan, Ohio Republican, uh, said that a whistleblower has come forward to cast doubts on the data. Ooh, Jim Jordan scaring the Department of Justice guy. Quoting here from what Jordan wrote in a letter to the FBI Director Christopher Wray, these whistleblower allegations that the FBI is padding its domestic violent extremist data cheapens actual examples of violent extremism. Wow, uh, that's very true. Uh, it sometimes is astonishing. I know this is Jim Jordan, and he's one of the, the better guys there, but sometimes just knowing it's anybody who spent more than a minute in D.C. and still able to make a compelling, reasonable statement, it's still shocking at times. Anyway, in any case, white supremacists, militia members, and far-right extremists are conspicuous in their absence from the FBI's list of the most wanted domestic terrorists. In fact, let's take a little peek at some of the folks that are on the list. You've got Donna Joan Borup, a member of the May 19th Communist Organization, a Marxist-Leninist organization which advocated for armed revolution and violent overthrow of the United States government. Yep, that's part of her her bureau bio. <coughs> Excuse me. Borp is a reputed genius with a photographic memory who allegedly threw acid in the eyes of a police officer, blinding the police officer, did so during a violent protest, Members of the group 
that she's a part of bombed the National War College in uh, Washington's Navy Yard and the U.S. Capitol in the early 1980s. So, you know, definitely a nice guy. Well, even though she's a chick, uh, definitely a nice individual. How's that? Uh, very gender nonspecific. Uh, I think the left's okay with that language. Elizabeth Anna Duke, an 81-year-old former teacher and philanthropist who was also a member of the May 19th Communist Organization, which brought together the Black Liberation Army and the Weather Underground and was named after Communist Vietnamese leader Ho Chi Minh's birthday. Yeah, just for some context. Sherry Laverne Dalton, also known as Nahada Abudan, a black nationalist, a far-left radical, who also was involved in the May 19th Communist Organization, just FYI. She was tied to the deadly 1981 robbery of a Brinks truck alongside Kathy uh, Boudin, Susan Rosenberg, and other notorious radical leftists. Uh, the robbery resulted in the death of two police and one guard, by the way. Uh, she fled to Cuba, where she is involved with the hip-hop music culture. <laughs> Dalton died in 2019, but oddly remains on the list. So even though no longer with us, still among the most wanted. Eh, maybe the folks at the FBI that are making the list really, really dug her last album. I don't know. Josephine Sunshine uh, Overacre. <laughs> An eco-terrorist linked to the Earth Liberation Front, or Animal Liberation Front. She was charged in Oregon with involvement in 17 acts of terrorism, including arson and destruction of an energy facility. She may have uh, a light facial mustache. She was a vegan, and still may be. Uh, these are all things that the FBI added to their notes. And, uh, she may also uh, work as a midwife or a sheep tender. Strange things to make the bio, but hey, I guess if it helps to, to eventually catch her, then okay, so be it. Uh, Catherine Marie Carnot. Uh, have you noticed that so far all females? No worries, we'll get to the first male here in just a minute. Uh, a white woman from Oregon who belonged to the Black Panthers and hijacked a plane alongside her black nationalist boyfriend, demanding $500,000 and the release of Angela Davis. You know, the communist black militant accused of murder. Uh, they demanded that the plane fly them to North Vietnam. This was after smoking joints in the cabin and... Uh, you know, they were charged, they changed their mind and demanded the pilot take them to uh, Algeria, where they were granted political asylum, among other Black Panthers. Uh, Leo Frederick Burt allegedly participated in the 1970 bombing of the University of Wisconsin, you know, to protest the Vietnam War and stuff. Local news said that the campus leftist activism 
matched University of California Berkeley on the political Richter scale, and that the bombing targeted the Department of Defense project going on in one of its buildings. A physics researcher was killed in the bombing. Uh, in 1995, Fred Harvey Harrington, president of the university from 1962 to 1970, uh, said that the explosion was a violent response to increasing uh, repression by authorities against protesters. In other words, the university president tried to give him cover. Hey, sure, it's okay to blow up a building because, you know, it's, it's all the man's fault. Wow. All right, well, I could go on, but I think you're getting the point. The next couple of names on the list are black nationalists, uh, the next after that is a Hispanic man who hijacked an airplane. Uh, then a black man who hijacked an airplane and demanded to be flown to Cuba. Bottom line here is that the members of the group most represented on the most wanted list, the Weather Underground and slash the May 19th Communist Organization faction, um, the members who are not on the LAM have been actively protected by Democratic politicians. Bill Clinton pardoned two members tied to the bombings of the Capitol, Susan Rosenberg and Linda Sue Evans. He did that on his last day in office. Uh, Judith Clark, one of the getaway drivers in the Brinks robbery, had her sentence commuted by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. God, the Cuomo's are awful. The other getaway driver, Kathy Boudin, became a professor at Columbia University, and her son, Chelsea Boudin, was elected district attorney of San Francisco, and then just recalled earlier this year. Yes, if you were thinking that name sounded familiar, that's why. In February of 2021, days after, mere days after Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. took office, the Department of Homeland Security linked Fusion Center, a, a liaison office for the receipt, analysis, gathering, and sharing of intelligence, issued a report saying that there was a rarity of targeted left-wing extremist attacks, and that right-wing domestic violent extremists, chiefly anti-authoritarian extremists and militia extremists, were responsible for the majority of the deadly domestic terror activities. It cited three examples. The Boogaloo Movement, which I don't think actually has boogalooed anywhere, but, uh, you know, they get scary said to be a group of white men who wear Hawaiian shirts, plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan, uh, Miss Wichmer, later resulted in the acquittals after the defense showed the undercover FBI uh, operatives actually entrapped the defendants. And a man who was set off a bomb near a telecommunications hub in Nashville, Tennessee, that happened on Christmas, of all things, this past year. Even though the Fusion Center admitted the motive remains under investigation in that instance. 
The Daily Beast reported that the bomber was kind of a hippie with long hair who liked smoking weed and hated cops. And that's literally the best description that we've had so far. No real indication of the motivation. Just, hey, I wanted to blow up some stuff. In fact, here in the state, we got more reporting of it being a potential disgruntled employee. <coughs> Excuse me. Usually I try to hit the butt there, but that cough just came out of nowhere, and I'm not going to edit. So, being lazy on a Thursday. Sorry, guys. Wanted to touch on this a little bit before we were done. Whoopi Goldberg has once again managed to outdo herself. And that's really saying something since her biggest hit to boot was her description of how Hitler wasn't a racist. An actual thing that she said live on The View. Well, Whoopi's at it again. Uh, she was arguing, once again on The View, that God supports killing pre-born babies via abortion. She believes that God is for it. I do not want to meet her God. I think her God is probably a very dark entity. Anyway, Goldberg, who previously was suspended by the network for making an anti-Semitic remark about the Holocaust, that was the remark where she said Hitler was not racist, basically was trying to outdo herself, I guess, uh, saying that abortion is okay because God gives people the freedom of choice. And, quoting now, and you know, God doesn't make mistakes. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the, that's the beauty of giving us freedom of choice. I do not think Whoopi has spent any time in a church ever. Really don't. I, that is just so ridiculous. That's not what freedom of choice is about. Freedom of choice means I'm not going to make you worship me. I'm not going to make you follow the rules. I'm going to give you the option. You can choose me or you can choose hell. That's the choice. Not a great choice when you really think about it. But we'll be part of that group of people that don't understand that. And of course, of course, she's going to drive heavily into this notion, this idea that, hey, guys, I'm smart. Because you did catch that, right? She literally says, uh, one of the great things about freedom of choice is the fact that God made us smart enough to know when, when it wasn't going to work for us. Yeah, made you smart enough to be able to recognize it, but clearly not all of you are. Again, reminder, whoopee, uh, Adolf Hitler was kind of a racist. Not just towards the Jews, either. I know Whoopi's big argument is, well, they really only targeted the Jews, and, you know, the Jews are white, which, you know, that's eh, a gross statement. It's icky. It's gross. I mean, I, I he's just, even repeating it, I'm like, I need to, to break into my hero soap packet over here, because there's not enough hero soap here. I need to order more. I've got to get clean again. I can't get clean. Repeating things Whoopi Goldberg said. That's the beauty of giving us freedom of choice. The beauty of giving us freedom of choice was so that we could choose. 
Now, God doesn't make mistakes, but people do. No matter how smart you think you are, Whoopi, you are a person that has clearly made many mistakes in your life. Now, clearly, you've done some things well, but were they good things? Clearly, you've managed to achieve a level of success in Hollywood. And you know what? I still kind of dig seeing you on Picard Season 2. Because I liked the character, Guinan. I also kind of liked the other actress that played the younger Guinan. Probably more so. I did not like all the woke BS, the bovine excrement they threw into this season. Particularly the, oh no, the Border Patrol agents and the law enforcement were the bad guys. Please. Terrible, terrible story. It's so woke. It's enough to turn me off. Now, if I wasn't just a big bit, and I'm so glad Strange New Worlds was only just a little woke. I was really scared to death. I wasn't going to be able to watch any more Star Trek moving forward after the way Discovery ended Season 3 with uh, Big Mama Abrams, as Ron Edwards calls her, uh, being the president of Earth. Of course, uh, very much like the president uh, she would want to be, in a big hurry to give up Earth's autonomy back to the Federation. <laughs> just, just saying, uh, some things don't change. She literally said, And as you know, God doesn't make mistakes. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the beauty of giving us freedom of choice. Now, pro-life guest and former View co-host Elizabeth Hasselbeck happened to be there. She pushed back against Goldberg's remark a little bit, repeatedly saying no while she was making them, and then said, yes, because I know my relationship. I know my relationship is always choppy. It's always choppy with God, always, because I have a lot of questions. Now, again, this is Goldberg. But I also know that God made me smart enough to know that if there are alternatives out there that can work for me, I will investigate them. But I also know God said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I will not make that decision for anybody. So bottom line is, uh, you think it would be okay if somebody had just killed you uh, before you had a chance to be born? Hasselbeck asked, what about life in the womb? You know, I will say this. The life has a plan and a purpose designed by God. I don't believe there are any circumstances where we should give. And then she said something that became inaudible because Goldberg tried to talk over her. I love that you feel that way. It's great. Listen, I don't ever think... I can make any decision for you. Well, that's good, but you're trying to convince people that murder the pre-born is okay. You're trying to convince people, the listening audience, all six people that are watching that show, that murdering the pre-born is okay and God is okay with it. In fact, he wants you to do it because he made you smart enough to know if you should. I think that Alex Jones has a much better case of trying to convince everyone that we're turning the frogs gay than you have of convincing anybody who actually understands religion 
who's actually spent more than two minutes in a church, that God is okay with abortion. Because if you've read the Bible, there's a multitude of places where it's made pretty clear that he's not okay with it. He's not okay with it. Doesn't make mistakes. No, he does not. But do we, as human beings, Yes, and we often step outside of God's grace with that free will you were talking about that we've been granted, our right to choose, and we choose to do dumb things. We choose to do stupid things, and we tend to get ourselves in trouble when we do. And see, the, the real scary part of that freedom of choice is the fact that then we are still expected to live with those consequences. In some cases, the consequences are eternal. But you see, if you'd actually understood faith and religion, particularly Christianity, if you really understood God at all, if you were not technically a functional agnostic slash atheist, whatever you really are uh, there, Whoopi, you would know that. You would understand that. You wouldn't need to have it explained by somebody like me. I'm not the person to be explaining that anyway. I get if you think that your relationship with God is choppy. If you honestly think God is okay with aborting pre-born human babies, then you got more than a choppy relationship. You got a completely non-existent one. Occasionally calling out into the darkness is not the same as having a relationship with God. Sorry to break it to you, Whoopi. And if your God is truly okay with the murder of pre-born baby humans, then that's not the God of Abraham. Not real sure who you're praying to. However, all things considered, maybe it was someone interested in purchasing your soul, because not a lot of explanations for the career in Hollywood that you had previously to becoming this ridiculous political pundit hack that you have become in later days. That's going to have to be it, boys and girls. That's it for now. Hope you'll come back and listen again soon. Really do. Thank you for listening to me now. And remember, don't take my word for not one little bit of it, but please, whatever else you do, don't take their word for it either. Be sure to put in a little bit of effort and, you know, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. In the meanwhile, I'm out. And uh, hey, Joe. This is Tim Tapp.
control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Amin, and Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. Lessons to your daughters and sons To fear the government that fears your guns Now the new world order crew Well, they're making their demands They don't feel safe if you are armed You say gun control Is using both hands using both hands.